0: Welcome to Travel Market Life, your companion for industry insights and professional business development. Travel Market Life. Join us by webcast, video or podcast. Hello and welcome to Travel Market Life. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Haynes, and I'm with my second host, Sam Marsh. Yeah, you got there, Sam. Uh, welcome back to Industry Rundown number four, as we start to have a look at what's sort of trending in the news, what people are talking about on Twitter and social and LinkedIn, and how you can use some of these insights to prepare ourselves for a better tomorrow.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's been quite a busy week, sort of couple of weeks, really, for the travel industry, hasn't it? Because there's been so much going on in the newspapers and in the media about exactly what's going to happen I think there's more announcements to come yet from the government as to if travel will get going again quite soon and what will happen and what staycation means so I think we're going to be discussing some of these topics today
0: yeah we've got two topics that we're going to be covering in this episode the first one is when will travel reopen why guessing is bad for the industry and following will be what staycation really means travel market life So Sam, as you say, it's been a really interesting couple of weeks, especially since the government decided to slap a £5,000 fine on anybody that wants to leave the country for holiday. And this just makes us wonder, will we actually reopen internationally this summer?
1: Yeah, that's the big question everyone wants to know, isn't it? And I think one of the big problems with this is that everyone's trying to second guess. People are trying to come up with their views on when it will happen. And I don't actually think that's helpful to anybody. It's not helpful to people in the industry. It's not helpful to the end consumer who is just super confused. So sometimes I think it's best to just sit down and let the government say their bit and wait for them to make the announcements because... We don't know, do we? June 21st was banded around a while ago, but is that still around? We don't know. So I think rather than trying to second guess, we just need to wait.
0: Yeah, and this has annoyed me in recent years for people foregaze what's going to happen. And I and especially if it's outside of their control, it just makes you look like a bit of a prick. I'm sorry, it really does. Because if if it's the government who's going to make the decision at the end of the day, then you get your public affairs officials and you get them lobbying every single MP for the exact date and timing and framework that you want because honestly that's not going to happen because you're going to waste a hell of a lot of money in, in the process of doing it so you're better off just stepping back really understanding who you are as a business who your customers are and making sure that you're just putting them at ease for what you are in control of and that's their holidays that is the product that you are offering if the government decides to shut all borders well what can you do?
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more. And the other thing is as well, it's not just our government, is it? Because there's governments across the whole of Europe, the world, etc. cetera. What they're going to do, our government might say we can go and travel, but other countries might say, well, we don't want you. So...
0: Uh, I was having a conversation this week um, with a couple of people in Spain and the Spanish people are really getting quite annoyed, I understand, by the number of French and German tourists that are currently draping themselves over the great Spanish beaches, whilst the Spanish aren't even allowed to leave their own regions.
1: Ah, That's interesting. I hadn't been aware of that.
0: So you you can imagine here if we had loads of tourists coming here and they were able to move around the country free reign, how pretty annoyed the British public would be. And how bad it would be right now um, if that were to be the case, because we know what the British are like. <laughs> they're the first ones to flout the rules if they can. Um, but if, if everyone's abiding by them, they're not too bad. Um, so, uh, you know, we don't really want it to get out of control as, well, as as what I'm hearing is happening in Spain. But what's important is what you need to communicate. So what sort of things are we advising?
1: But I think the things that they really need to look at is simple stuff. First and foremost, cancellation policies, because customers are going to want to know what that, What it is if they want to cancel, they have to cancel and refund policies. Are you going to get your money back fairly quickly or is it going to be in the case of some companies like last year that took forever? Customers are going to want to know that if they've booked and paid for something and they can't go, that they can get their money back pretty quickly. Um, So, yeah, it's things like that. It's insurance as well. What insurance policies are going to cover them for?
0: i think that these are things that we have been trying to talk to you about for the last year and they are still very important communication items what you also need to be considering as well is uh, what impact could potentially um new um sort of policies have so what about the new vaccine passport what about PCR tests what about what happens when you arrive in the location how are you aware what will happen with your travel product and if you're not just be prepared to be ready to get that information when it becomes available because you're going to have to communicate that being involved in that discussion and making sure that you are in contact with the right specialists and experts just means you're going to be quicker at getting that communication out to your customers to put them at ease when those changes do come into place.
1: Yeah, I think another thing as well that a lot of companies fail to do is give adequate contact information so that when people are wanting to find out this information, where do they go? Do they get it off your social media? Have they got a direct email address for somebody? Have they got a phone number? How do they get hold of you? Have you just got statements up on your website that cover off as much as possible Obviously, every every holiday has its own individual unique elements. But if you can cover off as much as possible on a page on your website that people can look at, then at least their mind's at ease if they know that you are looking after every element you possibly can for them.
0: Yeah. And it's what what are consumers expecting? You've got to ask this question to yourself. If you're in their shoes, what do they want? Do, do they want false promises? No. They want real information. They want honesty. They want to be told that they're not going to go to Mexico this year after they've already rebooked that trip four times. They want to know that they don't have to rebook it that they can get their money back and maybe in the future you would have built that relationship and that trustworthiness with them that they'll actually come back to you. Consumers just want inspiration. Consumers want to know that you're a stable business. Consumers want to have faith in who they're putting their money with and the only way of doing that is by becoming stable by being honest and being direct with them for the things that you can control
1: absolutely honesty and openness are the key aren't they and flexibility as well to be flexible for your customers so that when they are ringing up and they want to cancel they want to rebook for another time they want to change to a different destination they need to know if you can, if you're willing to do that and if you are willing to do that how quickly and easily you're able to sort that for them
0: Yeah. And, you know, there's so much that you can be doing now for travellers, especially to keep their imaginations alive. It it doesn't stop because uh, you're not sending them on holiday. Just think about all that work that you have to go through to capture that booking in the first place, all the creative uh, ideas to inspire their imagination, their inspiration, their dreaming. Um, that phase is such a long stage of any booking process, of any holiday that people spend up to 40, maybe more hours preparing for their trip. So how can you make their first holiday the best blimmin' holiday that they've ever had? Well, we've got some great examples of companies that have really been knocking down and figuring out how they can um, still deliver an experience, and more importantly, perhaps, help prepare them for a real immersive holiday experience when they do get away one of the examples is uh, travel curious uh, they've been they've launched virtual tours and even a new clubhouse session
1: yeah i mean their virtual tours are fantastic because it gives you an opportunity to sit in your armchair and live experience somebody in a city doing only obviously doing the things that you're only allowed to do at the moment, but, you know, some great tours out there on on Travel Curious that people can have a look at and really inspire, really feel like they're there, really experience it in the, the only way you can right now. And that's a great way of lighting the fire and imagination in people's bellies for when they are ready to, you know, put their money down and book that holiday
0: yeah i mean you they have to pay for these private tours these virtual private tours so it's a great way of earning money for, for this company but it's a it's another way for people to be ready for their holiday and when they go to these destinations they can go oh yeah that doesn't look as nice as i thought it was i won't go there so at least you've sort of in some ways you've you've you've, you've saved yourself the hassle of wasting any time whilst you're away and and, and optimizing each and every part of that experience i mean we, we've often spent what? hours reading lonely planet guides in the past so how is this any different plus it's a great experience that you can have with you and your travel it, traveling companions so that you can have something to look forward to and talk about um, as a result of that virtual tour or you know that discussion group or forum or the videos that you've you, you've uh, been immersing yourself in and and social media is part of that as well you know just just keep that trickling effect uh, going uh, uh, of, of, of the dream and a sensation of of going away.
1: Yeah, because we appreciate that not every company out there, you're not all going to have the ability to do virtual tours, but everybody's got the ability to create simple videos for YouTube, create great social media images and exciting things on there. So it's not difficult for companies to do this right now. It's just a matter of, Using a bit of creativity, a little bit of imagination and putting yourselves in the shoes of your potential clients and thinking, right, what would I want to see? What would I want to look at? And creating something fun and inclusive and making them feel like you do really care about what it is they want to do when they get on their holiday.
0: And this almost ties us into the next subject we're going to be talking about, staycations. If people aren't going to be outside of the UK this year, how can they get a sample, a tasting of what it is like to go to the destination that they booked with you? Can they go to a a special Turkish restaurant? Uh, Maybe they can have a Spanish dining experience or um, perhaps there's uh, some brilliant Thai movies that are coming out this year that will really give you uh the snapshot of what it's like to be there so you know keep them guessing keep giving them stuff to them because actually we're all explorers we don't have to be away from home to 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 to, to discover something new so staycations i mean that is uh one of the trending topics at the moment but what does it mean
1: seems to mean something different to everybody doesn't it i think I've always thought personally, staycation meant you have a holiday in the UK, but it seems more and more now that staycation means actually staying at your own home and doing day trips.
0: I would certainly agree with that, seeming as we have nowhere else to go right now but to stay and cation. And I I remember when we started working on a campaign, when I was working at home away about seven or eight years ago, it was like the big staycation campaign. And it was trying to get people to stay in the UK, visit some of the most phenomenal spots across, um, from the countryside to the beaches, to the coastal towns, to the hills, and the mountains you know there is so much to see in such a such tiny country um, and however it's had to take on a whole new meaning of its own with this pandemic and I think that's interesting seeing the trends of these people who've had to take annual leave at a time when you can't leave your own local area so people are actually discovering what's around them
1: Yeah, I think people have come quite creative and discovered footpaths they didn't know about and little interesting kind of historical places that are perhaps nearby to them that you might not be able to visit the interior, but you can certainly look at things like that at the moment. And then the other thing I think people are discovering as well is by doing all these little day trips out, the businesses that have been able to keep running, like the ones that you've talked about already, where you can go and get food from, you could actually create your own little experience by getting a takeaway Thai meal while you enjoy something on a, while you're out and about your own area.
0: Yeah, I think there's so much more to staycationing than we give ourselves credit for, either because we haven't really spent enough time enjoying what we have on our, on our own doorsteps, um, but also this idea of what right does anyone have to a foreign holiday?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the UK's got so much to offer. Like you say, I think it's quite a generational thing, isn't it? Because like you say, your parents, your grandparents didn't holiday so much. When I was younger, I had... When I was a teenager, for example, we had one holiday a year. Now it's not uncommon for people to have four or five holidays a year. But like you say, go and try something new because perhaps if you've always gone and stayed on some luxury, amazing holiday, look at some of the luxury hotels or there's there's some amazing cottages in the UK that you can go and stay in, some really stunning ones and apartments and things like that. And if you're talking camping, well, I mean, that's gone nuts, hasn't it, in the past decade? I mean... The amazing creative ways that you can you can stay in buses, you can stay in helicopters, you can stay in containers. It's it's just endless.
0: And don't forget some of the best TV programs and films have in some respects been had settings in the UK from Games of Thrones to Bridgerton to Downton Abbey um dark. i mean there are places that you can actually see that you've seen on screen you don't have to go halfway across the world to see it the concepts of a break we need to consider what's a short break what about an overnight break what about lengthy travels multi-destination i mean i for one can't wait until i get my camper van but i'm going to be doing a multi-destination trip across the uk spending time with my friends living at theirs whilst also being on the road um, in between so think about those sorts of people particularly those who might uh, be in their 50s 60s and 70s and might have bought a, a camper van to see them through these next few years How can you tap into where they are and where they're going? How can you help be part of their journey? Give them a full staycation experience. Now, in our last podcast, we talked about different ways that you could use social media and geographical targeting to actually connect with these people. So start to think outside of the box. How far will travel go? especially the UK, and who will they be travelling with? Because I think this year, Sam, we're going to see some interesting groups of travellers.
1: Yeah, I think people are going to, I think you might see a lot more of a return to a lot more families travelling together, multi-generational trips than you've ever seen before, because I think people have missed spending time with their grandparents and things like that. So I think you're going to see more of that than ever before.
0: Totally. And then you've also got the big cities, which we've all heard are going to be pretty deserted this summer. People worried um, about the coronavirus, people not sure about what is and isn't going to be open. You know, there's obviously a big question over like the, the, the theatres and being open and live music events. Um, however, this could be the perfect time if you've never been to the big city to get a cheap weekend city deal. I mean, I've had a look. And Sam, you've had a look. It's cheap at the hotel. How much are you paying?
1: I've got a two night break booked in August in London and it's 145 pounds and it's a really nice hotel in Kensington. So, I mean, how, how the heck that's like never happens. So I agree with you. I think some of these big hotels need to capitalize on that and showcase themselves. It's like, this is a great opportunity to come to London. If you've never been able to afford it before, you probably can right now book now. This is the thing. I think you need to encourage people to book now because as we get nearer the time and everything starts selling out their prices will go up for sure
0: absolutely and there are such such big population in the UK that aren't interested in the theatre and the musicals and all that culture they just want to go to London because they've never been to the capital city they've never seen the queen's house they've never had a trip down the Thames and all these things are iconic for so many people but they just don't have the affordability now they possibly do do and it'll be a quiet city so they'll probably really enjoy the experience
1: Yeah, because I think there's a perception at the moment because we're seeing it from from people I talk to in the industry that a lot of companies say, oh, we've got no – sorry, we've got lots of availability in hotels and accommodation that's in cities – Because customers are saying to them, no, I don't want to go to a city. It's crowded. Everyone wants to get out of a city. But actually, potentially this summer, you're going to be better off in the city than you are in the countryside, potentially, because everyone's trying to escape to the big stories have been, haven't they, that everybody wants to go to the coast this year. So if Mm. we're all at the coast, then going to Manchester, London, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Cardiff, Leeds, these big cities, you're probably going to find a lot of space to yourself to go and enjoy and see those sites.
0: Definitely. That is one thing that I'm looking forward to doing, escaping Bournemouth, because I think these beaches are just going to be crowded. In fact, Sam, I've gone so far, I think you know I, I'm, I'm learning Spanish, that I'm starting to look into finding a Spanish school, because one thing you can travel for is education um, and, and just making it a practical holiday. That's
1: genius, Ryan. You wonder if any travel companies have thought of capitalising on that one, of selling holidays to go and learn a foreign language somewhere because it's education
0: so we will be back with you with another episode very soon keep track of what's happening on our podcast channel thanks for joining us i'm ryan haynes
1: i'm sam marsh bye
0: For more, go to Travel Market Life. The music sensation by Zach Nelson is reproduced under license from Storyblocks. Travel Market Life is a haynes Marcoms Digital Marketing Agency production,
1: serving the travel and technology industries.